You're listening to the Candida Chronicles with your host, Dr. Jeff McCombs. Welcome to the Candida Chronicles, a podcast where we learn all about Candida and how to safely and effectively treat it. I'm Dr. Jeff McCombs, and I will be your host for today's episode on Candida and Gut Fermentation Syndrome. Okay, well, many people are aware that two of the main symptoms associated with candida are going to be gas and bloating. There's a lot of other symptoms, but that seems to be pretty constant from one person to the next. And this makes perfect sense, as the intestinal tract is a 25-foot-long fermentation tube, and 95 to 99% of the bacteria inside of it are anaerobic, and that means that they live in an oxygen-deprived environment, and that they function by way of fermenting foods. And that's how they get their energy. If they were able to live in an oxygen-rich environment, they would use respiration, such as you and I. But this is an oxygen-poor environment. It's the intestinal tract, and it is a fermentation tube. Now, candida being a yeast or a fungus makes an excellent fermenter, especially when there is an abundance of sugar or carbohydrate sources available, such as the standard American diet. Um, Saccharomyces cerevisiae is another active uh, yeast fermenter that you'll commonly find in the intestinal tract, and there are others. If you have an overgrowth of candida or saccharomyces or some other yeast fungus, and you eat a diet high in sugars and carbohydrates, you will be producing a lot of gas. And many people know this. They know what they eat, what triggers a lot of gas and bloating, and so they normally just tend to avoid those foods instead of correcting the imbalance that creates those symptoms. But did you know that you will also be producing alcohol? How much alcohol? Well, in some cases, you can produce enough to be dizzy, confused, uncoordinated, and even drunk. You can even pass out. All of this occurs without drinking any alcohol at all. When this takes place, you're suffering from a condition called gut fermentation syndrome also known as auto-brewery syndrome, like a brewery. You have a brewery inside of you. Also goes by ethanol fermentation syndrome, syndrome X, and probably a couple other names I'm forgetting. Although this is considered to be a rare syndrome, I believe it actually occurs more frequently than anyone realizes. Last week, I had the opportunity to testify as an expert witness in a case of gut fermentation syndrome. And here's this person's story. They had just eaten a high-carb lunch. They were out to lunch, had a lot of carbohydrates for their lunch. They had some soda, a little dessert afterwards, and they were returning to work. When all of a sudden, they were parked at a stoplight and they passed out. So the next thing they knew, they awoke to police officers pounding on their windshield, 
trying to help wake them up. Somehow they managed to get the door open, they were really out of it, and they were promptly given a breathalyzer test and found to have a blood alcohol of 0.24%. So the legal limit here in California is 0.08%. They had three times the amount of the legal limit, and they weren't even drinking. They were immediately arrested for driving under the influence, influence and thrown in jail. Now, needless to say, this person suffered a lot of humiliation, a huge financial burden that continues even to this day. A DUI conviction in California has a lot of repercussions, and that may be true of most states. Uh, it can affect your car insurance rates to make it almost uh, impossible to get insurance unless you really want to pay a lot of money. Uh, it can even affect your ability to get a job in some situations and a long list of other repercussions that come from having a DUI on your record. Now, this particular person was a single parent with one child. Um, that child was at home waiting for their parent to come, and they didn't for a long time. They were able to, to contact the other spouse. I believe they were divorced. And, um, and all of this is in someone who doesn't even drink and didn't know really what was happening to them or what had happened to them. Um, and even though this is a rare condition, it's starting to become better known thanks to a couple of popular cases that received a lot of media attention in 2013 and 2014. In gut fermentation syndrome, an individual will have an overgrowth of some type of yeast in their intestinal tract typically that leads to excessive fermentation of alcohol and carbon dioxide. The alcohol enters the bloodstream and has been noted to elevate blood alcohol levels three to five times the normal legal limit. The carbon dioxide leaves the person feeling gassy and bloated, um, causing some people to remark that they feel like they're four or five months pregnant. Um, but with the amount of gas and bloating and of distension that takes place, it can also be painful and comfortable um, and hard to find clothes that fit consistently. In the case that I testified in, the accused had all the hallmarks of this condition. They had tested positive twice for overgrowth of candida, once in the hospital during a stay, an eight-day stay for a somewhat related condition, and then once a year later afterward. The hospital uh, stay, they tested positive on a stool test, which didn't show up until the day after they had been discharged. And then a year later, they tested positive on a blood test. Uh, they suffered from severe gas, bloating with abdominal distension, pain, discomfort. They became aware that sugar and high-carbohydrate meals made their condition worse. And they finally saw improvement in their symptoms by avoiding sugars and uh, taking an antifungal drug. And this is classic. If you have the symptoms and you take an antifungal drug and that cures the symptoms, that's a valid confirmation of what's going on in the body. Uh, this was somebody who didn't drink. Um, and because of the gut fermentation syndrome, these people actually have a hard time drinking because if they drank one or two beers, they'd be drunk because of all the alcohol that's already being produced in their system.
Um, nothing else but gut fermentation syndrome could explain this. In the 2013 case that I mentioned, a 61-year-old man suffered from the same complaints. He was hospitalized to evaluate him, and they found the Saccharomyces yeast present in his gut. His symptoms improved with diet and the use of antifungal drugs. Uh, prior to going to the hospital, his wife, a nurse, had um, secured a, a breathalyzer, and she had, uh, on several different occasions, just tested his breath to see what the blood alcohol levels were. And on one occasion, it was as high as 0.40%, so that's five times the legal limit. And this is what, without drinking. There was also a 2014 case that involved a younger man with the same symptoms and complaints. But he was able to resolve his issues through diet alone. This uh, second case actually appeared on the TV show The Doctors. Um, you can look it up under, I think it's Auto Brewery Syndrome, The Doctors TV show. There's also a well-known study in 1984 by Kaji. Uh, he followed a 24-year-old uh, female and a 35-year-old male and both were found to have candida present in their guts, the same as the person in the court case that I testified in. Their gut fermentation syndrome was also resolved with diet and antifungals. So in treating candida cases for the past 23 years, it's common to find people complain of gas, bloating, brain fog, abdominal distension, weight gain, etc. Uh, some patients have already given up driving cars due to the constant state of feeling drunk or hungover. I uh, recently posted an article online in our Facebook group and right away had two people post that they were unable to drive when they had their candida issues. In the 1984 study by Kaji, he cites 37 known cases dating back to the 1950s. So there hasn't been a lot of information available on this syndrome. And so it's still considered to be relatively rare, relatively new, although it's starting to get a lot more attention. Uh, now, antibiotic use leads to overgrowth of yeast, and that sets the stage for increased gut fermentation. So if you increase the yeast count in your gut, a long fermentation tube, and you supply that yeast with carbohydrates, sugars, you're automatically going to increase your body's alcohol production. So just by taking antibiotics, you're going to be at greater risk, something you've probably never heard before. Um, there's no need to drink alcohol in these cases. Just take your antibiotics and you're, you'll increase your blood alcohol significantly. Um, alcohol is broken down into acetaldehyde, which is then broken down into acetic acid and so forth. Candida also produces acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde is 30 times more toxic than alcohol. It is a neurotoxin that can cause dizziness, drowsiness, and unconsciousness, which sounds exactly like the woman in the court case. Someone with gut fermentation syndrome will produce more alcohol and therefore more acetaldehyde. If they have candida as the causative organism in this scenario, they will produce even more acetaldehyde. Together, they will have a lot of acetaldehyde being produced and could suffer from that. So any of the neurological imbalances, the drowsiness, the dizziness, and consciousness, as well as suffering from the increased alcohol level in the blood.
One of the common signs of excess acetaldehyde is the feeling like you're hungover. So if you're someone you go out and you drink alcohol and the next day you're hungover, that's because the alcohol has been broken down into acetaldehyde, which is 30 times more toxic, and that gives you that hungover feeling while your head hurts, your brain, your nervous system. This particular person in the court case also had anemia, which complicated their issues more and could have played a part in their unconscious state. Anemia, which is a lack of iron, would further reduce the body's ability to break down acetaldehyde into acetic acid, and that would result in abnormally high levels of acetaldehyde. So they're producing the alcohol, it's being broken down to acetaldehyde, candida is producing acetaldehyde, and they have a deficiency of iron, which prevents that from being broken down further, so they're just accumulating more and more and more. In this court case, with all the positive test results, the copious doctor's notes from a related hospital stay, the uh, studies that were presented, cited here, the patient's own testimony, and their positive results from having taken an antifungal drug and seeing their symptoms improve, you would expect that they would have been found innocent. Everything was there. It was a classic gut fermentation syndrome. It was there. Unfortunately, the jury decided that she was guilty. The jury of mostly 20 and 30-year-olds who looked bored out of their minds and staring down into their, lap, their laps mostly was unable to connect the dots and find this person not guilty. It was definitely a day that justice was not served. Uh, I find it remarkable that that's how the, the case went. Um, the science was there. The, um, the lab tests were there. Everything was there. It was classic. Yet this person uh, was still found to be guilty. What they needed most was a supervised hospital stay where they could give them a large dose of sugar and then measure their blood alcohol levels on an hourly basis, as was done in the studies that I mentioned here. This protocol was suggested by Adrian Hunnisett in 1990, and it tends to be the accepted way to prove or disprove gut fermentation syndrome. I had suggested this to their attorney as to something that could be done on an outpatient basis, but he pointed out that it wouldn't be allowed as evidence due to the possibility that they weren't being monitored and could have snuck in some alcohol. Uh, so this wasn't done, and now uh, they only have an appeal left to clear their name. Uh, but really the proper way to prove gut fermentation syndrome is to have a hospital stay. Uh, you'll receive um, monitoring. They'll know you didn't have alcohol. They'll do a baseline blood test. They will give you five grams of, uh, five gram dosage of sugar. And then they'll measure your blood on an hourly basis to check uh, the alcohol levels. And that's the best way to go about uh, clearing your name if you ever find yourself in this type of situation. So to sum all of this up, it's important to know that we all ferment alcohol in our bodies. If we have a yeast overgrowth, as occurs after antibiotic use, we're more likely to have elevated levels. If you have candida and you're gassy and bloated, that's a good sign that you're also producing more alcohol. If you have symptoms of feeling disoriented, dizzy or drowsy, 
or you wake up feeling like you have a hangover, chances are that you shouldn't be driving a car. If you do drive a car, you probably want to not drive one. Well, first of all, you want to change your diet, not be eating sugars and high-carbohydrate meals, etc. If you're driving a car and that happens, you could end up in the same situation. Hopefully, Candida doesn't require you to have a designated driver along with you, but if it does, get one. It's better than a DUI any day. Uh, this was sort of a sad case to watch. It's something that uh, I keep playing over and over in my mind. Um, this person, in my opinion, was definitely not guilty. This was a classic case. Um, and uh, I think that uh, the missing piece was the hospital stay. And I really wish that that had happened because there was a lot of money that went into defending her and some of that money could have been better used just putting her in the hospital, finding someone who would do that. Um, and then I think it would have been a different story, a different outcome altogether. So we usually do a case study along with whatever topic I'm talking about. And this really today, this is a big case study. It's today's topic, so sort of the combination of the two. I also like to do um, a recent... Um, research paper or some other news item in relationship to Candida. And uh, today's news topic is about the amazing ability of Candida to adapt to antifungal medications. This is something we've discussed a few different times and um, it's definitely in the science, it's in the literature, it's something that drives the ongoing research into development of antifungal drugs, the ability of Candida to constantly adapt to all these drugs. In today's study, uh, this was recently released, uh, researchers from Harvard, MIT, and Worcester Polytechnic Institute, I hope I pronounced that right, found that Candida undergoes 240 genetic changes to adapt to antifungal drugs. It would be amazing if humans could adapt so well. Uh, 240 genetic changes in its adaptation process. That seems almost uh, impossible, but that's candida. It's amazing. That's All microbes have these amazing abilities. Uh, they have 360 times more genes than humans. So the ability to adapt and compensate is almost instantaneous in many cases. So you figure for every 240 mutations that they go through, humans can go through maybe one, two, Three, nothing that comes close. So the question now becomes, how in the world do you target 240 different genes with an antifungal drug? How are you going to compensate for the fact that Candida can have all these mutations as part of its adaptive response? The answer is you can't. So uh, today's score is Candida 240, humans 1. So, uh, this is a shorter show today. Uh, I think we're about 10 minutes shorter than we usually go. And, uh, but that's going to be today's show. It's um, one that um, I had a real strong personal interest in, uh, having been an expert witness. Um, and I think it's something that, uh, you know, it's something that's much more common and it's something we're going to see a lot more of in the future. I'd like to thank you for listening and invite you to check us out at candidaplan.com. Uh, check out our Candida library at candidalibrary.org. 
You can also catch us on Twitter, our Facebook group at Dr. McCollum's Candida Plan. You can join that. That's a private group. And you can always catch us uh, here on iTunes. Thanks again, and have a great day.